every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students. To belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I'm Mike Falkenstein, proprietor for this podcast, and I'm here today with my co-host, Ken Watmore. How are you doing today, Ken? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you? Good. Good to, good to have you back with us. And <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I've got a, a fun thing to announce for today's episode. You know, the I think I mentioned in a previous episode when I was doing this with my friend Mike Nelson uh, that we wanted to do interviews, and we actually have our first interview today. And, uh, you know, hopefully over time, uh, we will be able to do, you know, I'm thinking maybe three out of every four episodes will be uh, interviews. And uh, the idea here is that as we're really trying to discern really what is the Great Commission, what is our our involvement in the Great Commission, by allowing others to enter in and have a have a voice in that, you know, hopefully we'll get a we'll get a good overview of the Great Commission. So. Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about that. So today we've got Justin Long, and actually Justin and I, I guess it's just indicative of sort of life in 2015, but uh, we've never met face-to-face, uh, <laughs> but we became friends on Twitter and uh, really shared kind of a, a, a similar heart for the Great Commission, and so I asked if he'd be willing to come, and it' uh, great to have him as our first interview. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a fantastic interview. I'm looking forward to hearing all that you and Justin had to talk about. Uh, I think it's great having interviews and uh, you know guests from uh, maybe different entry points in your in our great commission voyage right uh, yeah that's right people are doing great things uh, all over and god's using so many people uh, and with today's technology as you said you get to interact with them in a way that you probably never could have before uh, and that's it just right. opens the door for so many people to get involved yeah that's right you know so uh justin is I think a great person to have for our first interview because this is a guy that, in addition to working with a ministry called Act Beyond, um, you can go to their website at beyond.org. Uh, he's also kind of what I would call sort of a missions researcher. So mm-hmm. he's, you know, we're, our our uh, purpose here is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission, and he's kind of doing that. He's he's what I would say sort of. You know, we're kind of on this media side of uh, mobilizing Christians. He's on sort of the research side. And those two things really go hand in hand, right? Because, sure. <laughs> you know, the uh, those of us who are trying to get out and get the word out about the Great Commission can use a lot of the information that a guy like Justin uh, provides. And so, uh, and so for those who want to find out more about Justin, by the way, his website is just justinlong.org. 
and uh, that's his blog and where he posts a lot of his research. You can find him at Twitter, Justin D. Long. Uh, and, uh, you know, I would highly recommend folks to be able to do that. One note, by the way, about the, about the interview. Uh, the quality of the interview is fine. Uh, you will notice some kind of hopping and skipping a, a little bit. I was using, uh, Justin and I used uh, Skype to be able to, to talk. And uh, I, th I will continue to sort of look at ways to, better ways to, to, uh, to do it. But it's a great interview, and I hope that you all enjoy it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us uh, on this, uh, our most recent podcast. And uh, actually, we've got one of our first uh, uh, interviews here. I'm here today with uh, Justin Long, who is a, uh, a missions researcher you can go to his website at justinlong.com or find him on Twitter at Justin and then the letter D and then Long. And uh, Justin, thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Justin, real quick, tell uh, everyone listening a little bit about yourself, sort of what you're up to these days. Uh, sure. I've been uh, the... Give yourself an introduction. Sure. I've been a, a missions researcher for uh, now 20 20 plus years, uh, worked on the World Christian Encyclopedia, worked on some websites, um, spent several years with my family overseas. I presently serve with a mission agency called Act Beyond, which is a 30-year-old agency. Uh, we send teams to unreached peoples to start movements, and my role is largely to keep uh, to help keep the lists of where the unreached are, the, the places and the peoples, and to identify strategic places for us to go next. Wow, that's really great. Well, as you know, uh, you know, here on our Made for Missions podcast, we have what we're calling the Made for Missions uh, three questions uh, that we want answered. And so I'm real curious to know kind of what you think about these questions. And I know you've had a chance to uh, review them in advance, but uh, let's go through them. And uh, I would love to hear what you have, to, what you what you think of these. Sure. Okay. Number one uh, is given the passages of Scripture that address the Great Commission. Do you believe that the Great Commission is a command that Jesus gives to all Christians? Uh, well, simple answer, short answer, yes, definitely. The the context and the and the the way that the question the, the way that the commands were given is no different than the context of the commands where Jesus said things like you know the, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God, and the next like it is to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, when he told his disciples to love one another, when he told people to be good to the to, to bless their enemies and not curse them. All of these kinds of things we consider to be applicable to us just as much as to the disciples of that day. And I don't I don't see the Great Commission as being any different. And certainly the disciples themselves felt that way. Um, Paul considered himself an apostle to the Gentiles, uh, seeking to spread the gospel where it was not. Uh, first generation uh, after Christ felt the same way. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely do believe that the Great Commission is applicable to, to all Christians just as much as the other commands were. Yeah, that's great. And I've often said, yeah, that uh, if any of the commands uh, that we find in the Bible are applicable to us, certainly, uh, you know, Jesus' command in, in what we find in the Great Commission is applicable as well. It's hard to uh, obey some of them and not obey others, right? Right. Right. You don't want to get into a position of picking and choosing which commands you're going to open. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, part of the background behind that question, too, is that the, 
uh, I've had some Christians who have told me that, well, actually for us individually, the uh, the Great Commission is not applicable, but it's more of a command for the church itself. Uh, but even with that, the the church is just full of Christians, right? And so right. I, I don't know about you, but it seems like it's hard to to make that uh, distinction. How do you think the kind of the 1A to that is? What, how do you think the uh, the church plays a role in helping followers of Jesus obey the Great Commission? Well, I, I think that the category mistake that people who say, you know, the Great Commission applies to the church but not to individual believers, the category mistake that they're making there is to, as you said already, is to separate the church from the believers. It, that, that concept makes the church into an organizational entity. You know, in some ways, this is, this is what we do in America. We treat corporations as individuals. That's basically what it incorporates. By law, it can be sued just as much as an individual can be sued, or, you know, it can, it can do business like an individual can. And so we, we have come to have this idea of the church as an entity is just as much an individual as an individual believer is. But I think that's a mistake. And what that leads and gives some of our responsibilities as individual believers to a kind of entity, incorporeal entity, the church, and allow the church to take the responsibility from us. That makes everything into a program. Then charity becomes a program. Then justice becomes a program. Reconciliation becomes a program. Mission becomes a program. And we no longer are responsible. We can outsource our responsibility, as it were, to somebody who takes it over for us. And uh, that's, a, that's, a very, that's a very dangerous perspective because it shirks our responsibility to obey. And I, I don't believe that that is at all what, what, uh, what God had in mind. He, he called it not, uh, not an entity. He called it a community, an ecclesia, the, the called out ones. It was the community of believers. The, the body of believers makes up the church individually responsible for these commands, not the church as a whole. Uh, that, that we can we can put it off. To. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. And I've often said that maybe the church's role in that is certainly as the ecclesia, uh, we can come together and pool resources. We can, you know, get better training as a group rather than individually. But certainly, it seems like that command uh, remains with Christians, regardless of where where you're what, what ecclesia you're a part of. Yeah, there's an old proverb uh, that's often quoted, originates out of Africa. It says, uh, uh, if you want to go far, go alone. Or if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Uh, and the mm. idea is that we as a body of Christ, we can go further and do more together than we can do individually. But that does not mean, of course, that we can we can put our responsibilities on on grouping, we each individually have to take up our own part in that responsibility. And then, as you said, we can we can pool resources, we can together do things, training, uh, cooperative stuff that we can do on our own. Um, but and that's the power of of being in a community of of grace. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's great. Well, uh, let's move on to question number two, and it's almost kind of a follow up question to the first one. Uh, but question number two says: Furthermore, what is the follower of Jesus's responsibility? in knowing about the Great Commission and his or her responsibility to obey it, especially given passages like John fourteen fifteen, which, if you remember, Jesus says, uh, if you love me, you'll follow my commands. Well, uh, 
I mean, we have a responsibility to do this in, in some way. The challenge with the Great Commission for us individually is figuring out part we are supposed to play in that. Uh, and there are a lot of different perspectives on that. Some folks say that, you know, if you need a reason not to stay off the field. Other folks would say you need a clear. My feeling is that um, our responsibility really begins by asking God what he wants us to do, because nobody can really tell me what he wants me to do except God. Now, obviously, there are, some, there, are, there are some things in Scripture that he tells us to do. He certainly tells us to be uh, involved in making disciples. He tells us sins. Um, he, he tells us to expect persecution. He tells us uh, a number of these kinds of things. We have to be willing to do that or to put ourselves in the way uh, of making disciples, as it were. I think we have to look at, at both Scripture and uh, we have to look at our time in prayer and say to ourselves, um, ask ask God to reveal to us what it is he wants us to do and then seek to obey that and my general experience has been that if you if you ask God for something and he shows it to you and you obey it and then you ask him for more he will show you more but if you don't obey the first thing he gives you to do you're, you're probably not going to hear much more beyond that so it, it's step-by-step mm-hmm. obedience stepping into um, a bigger picture uh, bit by bit yeah that's really great I appreciate particularly what you said about you know, going to the Lord and asking Him to reveal it, because certainly I think it is true that not all Christians are commanded to go overseas. Obviously, but you know, but if there, so if there is this command to be followed, uh, we ask the Lord how it is that He wants us to do it. Certainly, there are there are ways you can obey the Great Commission right in your neighborhood, right, or you know, right where you work, and yeah, so certainly, yeah. I, you know. I really, I, yeah, I, re- I really, do. I mean, part of it is that we have to be very, very careful about the things that tempt us. Obviously, it's easier to go to people, to say we're going to think about going to people in our neighborhood than actually going, uh, than going overseas. One of the tricks with the, uh, with the mission calling that we have to bear in mind is that mission is bigger than just witnessing to our neighbors or just witnessing to our, our friends and family or, or things like that. Mission is about strategically making sure that it has a chance to follow Christ. Mm. Um, it, it's, a, it's a bigger goal than individual. Witnessing and evangelism and disciple-making is part of mission. Mission is the overarching, to me, mission is the overarching um, strategic goal of making sure that everyone gets a chance. So if you say, for example, that you are a missionary to your neighborhood, <coughs> what mm. you're claiming for yourself is the responsibility that everybody in your neighborhood has a chance to follow Christ. Mm, that right. is a much greater responsibility than, say, I'm going to witness to the guy on my left and the guy on my right. I, I, the Great Commission, I, I think, is, it's, it's really important that we understand that God's heart is that all the world hears, that all the world has a chance, because for God so loved all the world. And so he, he loves all of our neighborhood. He loves all of our, our business. He loves... All of the, all of the people in our family. It, it's that idea of all that's important. And at the same time, we need to be careful not to allow things like I'm going to be a missionary to where I am right now to keep us uh, as an ex- overseas. You know, the, right, part yeah. of the problem that we face right now is that uh, a lot of work is being done in places that profess to be. Christian are probably different tradition than us, so you get a lot of Protestants evangelizing Catholics, you get a lot of Catholics evangelizing Protestants, that kind of thing. There's a lot of work being done that's easy. There's not a lot of work being done in places where work is hard. And so 
part of me thinks that there are people who are called to those hard places who, for one reason or another, have not responded to that call. Mm, that's uh, right. And so I, I always say, you know, if God tells you explicitly that you are to be here and your responsibility is your neighborhood, then I don't want to see you going to Afghanistan or to China or to Indonesia, right? But <laughs> God's calling to you is for Afghanistan or Indonesia or China, then I don't want to see you staying here taking responsibility for your neighborhood either. Um, <laughs> That's right. Our responsibility is to hear God and follow him and to obey him wherever that may lead. Well, Mike, we're going to take a quick intermission here, and I just want to recap that uh, this interview is going fantastic. What a neat guy Mm -hmm. uh, to have met uh, through social media, uh, somebody who shares the passion to to fulfill the Great Commission, but also to let other people know that it is something we're all obligated to, Mm -hmm. that uh, uh, it is something that we're we're called to do. Um, He obviously is a uh, is very adept in social media and networking and reaching out uh, like you are. For those of you listening out there, you can follow Mike Falkenstein, your host here at Missions Mike on Twitter. Mm. Uh, And you can go to MikeFalkenstein.com as well to mention those. But Mike, what's coming up in the second half of our interview? Right. So, uh, you know, we've gone through the first of the three questions, our made for missions questions. And I think in the second half, what was really sort of poignant to me was uh, you know that question three that I ask, which is how can people how do how do the how do the guests recommend that people get involved personally? Mm-hmm. And you know because Justin is so keen keenly adept to the uh, unreached people groups, you know he's thinking about people going overseas, and so he gives. I'm trying to remember it was four or five sort of key things that people can do who feel like they're called to overseas missions. And boy, I just, every point, I just agreed with them exactly about, you know, find a good organization to go there with, make sure you're going with the team. You know, some of these things that he mentions was really, you know, I think is really good. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of it. I know that that is probably a question on a lot of our hearts is Mm -hmm. always kind of that, overseas versus at home. And then when we feel called to overseas, what do we do next? Uh, So that's great. I'm looking forward to hearing these steps. And uh, again, if you're listening out there, enjoy the second half of this wonderful interview with Justin Long. Finally, uh, question number three, the, the question goes like this. It says, finally, for the average Joe or Jane Christian, what are the top ways you would suggest him or her to see great, great commission fulfillment and uh, their life? So, uh, what are the top ways that you would recommend for someone who says, yeah, I, I believe the Great Commission is a command, but I don't really know kind of where to start? Right. Well, uh, the first thing that I, that I would recommend people do, uh, actually, there's, there's five basic things that uh, I, I normally tell people to do. The first one is uh, to settle on where um, that means to pick a place and a people group that you are going to commit to because you can't take on the whole world. And so you need to focus on a particular place and people. And the best way that I know to do that is to get a copy of something like uh, like Operation World, the prayer guide mm. that uh, leads you to pray through all the countries in a given year, pray through all the countries in a given year, and uh, see where God is leading you. If there's something that actually you know kind of resonates with you. Uh, I remember hearing the story about one guy who got a copy of Operation World, and he began praying through it, and he didn't get any further than Afghanistan. He he prayed for Afghanistan, oh. and then the next day he was so burdened, he went back and prayed for Afghanistan again, and wouldn't you know it, two or three years later, he was working on behalf of Afghanistan. That was just the thing. Second thing that I tell people is that uh, there's a statistic 
that some friends of mine did the research on that says 86% of all Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists do not personally know a Christian. Um, they can't wow. nobody in their life to bring them the good news. We are very isolated from non-Christians, actually. And so uh, one of the things we need to do is to get into the lives of non really getting to the lives of people who say they are a Christian but don't necessarily act like it, or getting into the lives of people who they say they're a Christian but we don't think they are. That's where God's calling you. Then please hear my heart. That That is, don't listen to anything I'm saying. Go where God is telling you to go. But... Um, 86 Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists don't personally know a believer. We can change that stat by getting into the lives of Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists around us. And in the strategies that we use overseas, we need only be involved in people's lives. So it calls for personal involvement. So you pick a place, you get personally involved with people. Third thing is to pick your team. Uh, it's very important to think about if you're going to be involved in missions, you want to think about who your support team is going to be. That's mm. people who support you. That's the agency that you're going with. Uh, that's the team that you're working with. It's critically important that reflects um, the kinds of things that you believe and the kinds of values that you have, the way that God has shaped you. Uh, because if you want to, if you want to last long on the mission field, you want to, you want to be with people who could help you last. That's right. Fourth thing to do that I always tell people is you need to focus on all. And this is back to what I was talking about earlier. You need to focus on strategies and work that will scale to 100% of the people in the place that you're focused on. Sometimes we think about a people in a place and we say, oh, we're just going and get the few that we can get, the few that I can get. You know, who has God sent me for? But God has sent us for everybody. And by focusing on all, we have to realize we can't do it ourselves. We can't do it alone. We have to do it with a team. And what's more, for the most part, it means that in any given place, we have to, lo we have to mobilize local believers. We are there the local church. Um, the local church knows the culture, the local church knows the language, the local church knows the security situation, the local church knows the ins and outs of life there, and in most cases, the local church will be there long after we are not. So serving them right. to serve the broader community is an important aspect of reaching all. And the fifth and final thing is that we need to focus on movements. We can't focus on uh, work that goes one by one, we have to focus on work that rapidly multiplies. This means that, that new believers need to be trained to be witnesses and disciple makers just as much as we are. Um, if your training program for disciple makers takes five years, in that five years, a, a number of children are going to be born and your job starts all over again. Uh, <laughs> so right. it's very important to think in terms of what rapidly multiplies and what rapidly moves forward. So those, those are the five things. Uh, picking a place, being personally involved, picking a team, scaling to everybody in the place, and focusing on movements. Those are the five things that I think everybody needs to do in engaging the great community. Wow, that's great. Thanks for that. Thanks for that list. There's uh, yeah, a whole other 20 minutes we could probably just talk about uh, <laughs> about that list. But, <laughs> yes. but, but certainly I, what resonates with me is uh, you know, picking the team. I remember hearing a statistic at some point about you know, the – the greatest thing that that pulls people off of the missions field is uh, you know arguments within a team, and so I know mm -hmm. that that's a big that's a big that's a big deal. And then of course um, you know we're we're beginning to really realize that with what I'm doing in China, the boy that local church you need to you know they can't always be in a situation where they're just relying on the Westerners. You know we're beginning to turn forcefully turn more of the ministry over to them, and because yeah they're the ones who are gonna really reach, in our case, reach China for Christ, uh, you know, we can be a support, but they're, they're the ones that are really do it. So 
yeah, those are some things sure. that really resonate with you, with what you've said. So, so Justin, give folks uh, again kind of the you know how they can get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you're doing. Uh, follow you on Twitter. Give them the kind of the information on how they can follow you. Sure, you can find me on my blog at justinlong.org. You can find me on Twitter at, at Justin D. Long. I'm on Facebook at Justin David Long. Um, I work with Act Beyond, uh, which is at beyond.org. And um, you can find me, or you can just email me, justinlong at gmail.com. I'm happy to answer questions or talk with people about uh, where God's calling them in, in missions. Great. It sounds like that'd be a great resource for folks. Well, thanks again, Justin. Well, we certainly and... try to put as much uh, information out there as we can. Great. Uh, thanks again, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to have you come back on the on the podcast. It's been fun talking to you. Thanks, Mike, for having me on. Well, folks, I I hope you've enjoyed this uh, the interview that I did with Justin. I know I sure did. And as he mentioned in his uh, concluding remarks, you know the uh, there's a number of ways you can get in touch with him. Again, I'll just repeat those. He's at justinlong.org. His website, it's really his website is his blog where he's uh, posting his his research. Uh, again, because he's focused in on the unreached people groups around the world, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, to mobilize all of us towards the Great Commission, uh, even if it's just as a prayer warrior, you know, just uh, go to his website and find out about what he's doing. And, uh, you know, I know I've been to his website and a lot of times he's actually mentioning other websites you can go to and so he's a really good resource if if no, nothing else you know you can uh, you can just uh, as a church or as a family pick one of these unreached people groups and just begin praying i mean it's just a great great uh, great way to do that so ken any concluding remarks from you you know uh well i'm looking forward to the next show yeah <laughs> but uh but this was great you know, great food for us all. Encouragement. Mm-hmm. A guy that has so much ability to to research what's going on in the world of missions. I think that uh, it's a it's a great encouragement to us all. Yeah, it really yeah. is. So you mentioned this uh, next episode, and so I'll just go ahead and tease that real quick, so <laughs> folks know next week what to what to look forward to. So uh, one of the th- one of the ways that I am praying that God would use me, and I think God wants to use me in uh, mobilizing Christians towards the Great Commission is in uh, going to churches and groups and speaking about uh, a talk that I've been given called The Great Commission and You. And so <laughs> uh, and so it's kind of what is the Great Commission? Uh, what does that mean for us? And uh, what I have is uh, six steps towards Great Commission fulfillment. So mm. in the next episode, we'll just be kind of going through an overview of that with the idea that for those who may have a, have an interest in having me come, uh, I would love to do it, and it kind of gives you a sort of a preview of the content. So, sure, yeah. So, it uh, hopefully uh, that'll be a help for folks as uh, they're thinking about whether to have me come and share. Absolutely, I'm sure it will. All right, great. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast.